You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Here we go again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Dan Johnson. I'm your host. You know that. Today, we got a gear review, and we're going to be talking with Element Camo. His name's Chris. He is one of the founders slash owners of the company, and uh, he's going to talk about his brand, Element, and uh, the camo, not just the camo and the, uh, I guess, the gear side of things, but the... uh, the apparel outside of the your your typical hunting clothing as well. They have uh, some avenues there as well. But uh, pretty awesome, interesting as always. Podcast about uh, a fairly new company and uh, I guess the struggles, especially in the camo slash uh, gear market, competing with all these other uh, camo companies that are coming out. Uh, and that you know they all say, hey, we're the newest, greatest thing. You know, we're different. I ask him that question specifically, along with several other questions uh, about that market, uh, their brand and whatnot. So uh, that's what this podcast is about. But uh, had an awesome weekend with the family. Uh, just got done recording a podcast with my buddy Ryan and uh, just kind of keep an eye out for a podcast that's coming in a week or two. Uh, It's going to be a podcast that I recorded with my buddy Ryan about all of the bows that he shot at the ATA show. This, This podcast was supposed to happen in January, late January. It didn't happen because of scheduling conflicts. We finally got together today uh, to record that. So all I have to do is edit it. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to put it in one giant podcast or if I am going to, uh, split it into a two parter, because if not, it's going to be over two hours long. Uh, we'll see what happens, uh, what mood I'm in when I, you know, when I start editing it, but keep an eye out for that one. Uh, but, uh, before we get into today's podcast, man, uh, just want to send a quick shout out for Deer Lab. Uh, and remember, guys, uh, now is the time you need to start looking into uh, 
what Deer Lab can offer you. And the reason I say that is you need to start putting in, in the next couple months, start gathering not only last year's information, but all the all the trail camera pictures that you have throughout the seasons, the years, put them into Deer Lab, especially if you're hunting the same farm over and over and you have trail camera uh, data from the same areas over and over. You can put it into Deer Lab. You can start narrowing down, filtering down, uh, looking at historic data and really digging deep into forecasting deer movement on your property, especially the kind of deer movement uh, you know, if you're chasing a buck for three years and you have show camera pictures of him in a specific place for three years, be sure to go check, you know, to dig into that data and it might help you forecast uh, where this buck is, is moving in particular on what wind, what time of year, all that good stuff. So uh, keep DeerLab.com in mind. And remember that if you go to DeerLab.com slash nine fingers, that's the number nine followed by the word fingers. You can sign up for a free, you don't even have to enter a credit card number in, a free 30-day trial membership and uh, dump all your uh, info in there and then you'll be able to see what kind of uh, deer movement you have on your property. It's definitely something that I've been using uh, since I got hooked up with the uh, with John, the owner. So check that out. All right. Now, let's get into today's podcast with the, the owner, Chris from Element. All right, everybody, on the phone with me right now from Element Camo is Crick, Chris Nalick. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, today, you uh, you are, are you the owner of the the element camo um i'm one of the three owners of element okay. outdoors yeah all right cool all right we'll get into all the all that stuff uh here in a little bit but uh where first off why don't you tell us where do you live and how was your 2016 season um i'm out of pensacola florida um right around that area me and one of the other owners and uh one of the other owners is out of tilden texas um ted but um just being honest, my season, uh, it kind of sucked. I haven't had one in about three years because I focused so much on trying to get element rolling and get, you know, visiting factories and getting the products out to the consumer. Um, it just, I need to set some time aside for me, but it just unfortunately <laughs> hasn't happened yet. So you've been out, you've been out there grinding. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, trying to have the next best thing. Um, it, it's a tough market. Right. For sure. So, I guess let's get right into it then, man. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us the background? Because we talked a little bit before we started recording. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, tell us how Element came to be, how the pattern came to be, and uh, just walk us through that, uh, you know, the first year or so of the company's existence. Sure, sure. Well, my brother and I, we own, um, we, we started Element. And we both come from an offshore background um, and not, you know, we're not oil rich or anything. We, we were the guys, you know, foot to ground. And um, that industry tends to give you some free time. You usually work a month on, a month off. So, uh, like we said before, you know, if you're not making money, um, you're spending it. So, I, I always had to have something to do on the side when I was home. So, um, I used to own a fabrication company and um, we used to build the equipment that 
people would use, uh, the decorators would use for uh, the hydrographics industry, water camo dipping, you know. Um, and anyway, um, we wanted to sell film along with the tanks, and we, it was just too expensive to license from other companies to be able to sell their film, and the margins were just really low. So um, that's where Elma Outdoors kind of come in. Unknowingly, it did, but um, we designed some patterns for the water transfer industry. And um, it did really well. We would sell the patterns along with some generic films and our tanks, but we started getting phone calls from, you know, consumers, you know, where, where can we get the clothing in your um, patterns? And, you know, I'm, I'm a fabricator. I'm, we don't sell clothing. So enough of those calls started really coming in that we had to kind of step back and say, you know, maybe there's something to this. And, you know, we, we starting off in 2014, we didn't know the first thing about clothing, but we knew that, if we were getting that many calls about it, maybe we should, you know, step into this. So um, it took about a year to really find factories that were willing to work with us. And um, they didn't really just try to steamroll us and, you know, take us for everything we had, because like we said before, there's just so many camo companies coming out that um, you're not, you're not going to stick out if you're not different. So what, what do you do that's, you know, different besides just the pattern and it working, what do you do that's different that makes people come buy your stuff versus something else. And um, that that's really how Element got started. Um, and then it just got so busy that we um, we took on my buddy Ted Fowler um, out of Texas to help us out. And the three of us really got it going. And, and we've got a few other employees since then. But um, it's just really this year is when it's really starting to, you know, get traction um, with the help of some marketing teams and stuff. Um, Chase over at Rubline really helped us out. And um, as you can see on our Facebook and stuff, I mean, we're getting really good photos and really good quality and great feedback from the consumers. It just, the problem now is, are we going to have enough to, you know, keep going before the next run comes in? Because we're working right. on Gen 2 now. Right. So, I mean, the story's there, right? But, and, and the way you you talk makes it sound real simple. Like, oh, well, hey, man, we got a camo pattern. Let's make camo clothing, right? <laughs> you know, there there's a little bit more thought that goes into it. And, I mean, oh, yeah. what kind of research did you guys do before you decided, well, let's transition this camo to a clothing? Well, <clears throat> just the coloration on the patterns itself. I mean, before we even thought about clothing, we really had to – step back and say you know where are these patterns going to work and will they work somewhere besides the environment that we created the colors for so there was a lot of revisions just to get the coloring right for for the patterns and um after that and trying it on the film and you know going back and forth with the computer and pantone colors i mean when we finally got the colors right and the patterns and you know the depth and some of our patterns have uh you know, a lot of shadowing to, to really show that 3D element, that layering system. And um, after we got that, it was a whole nother ball, a whole nother, you know, trial and error to get it right on fabrics um, because that that's just totally different. And depending on what fabric you put it on, the colors are different. So we wanted a real uniform um, system from hard goods to clothing, no, no matter what fabric it was, to clothing, to vinyl, to everything. And um, we finally got that, and the colors are right. And then we had to really research, you know, uh, factories to get a really good garment because you can you can sell somebody something once and um, they'll buy it, but to really get a 
you know, consumer to lock on and, you know, follow you. And you got to really provide a, a good quality product at a, at a price that the working man can afford. Cause that's, we're not really trying to compete with like Sitka and Kuyu and all those higher end companies. They, they're great companies and great products, but there's just nothing out there that, that we feel like is for, you know, the end consumer. We want them to get our garment, you know, for the, the prices that we sell and say, Holy, you know, I, I got a really good deal and, and it's great yeah. stuff. That That's what we're after. Right. So, you know, I could sit here and I can name, uh, five, six, seven, eight, you know, other direct to consumer. Cause you're direct to consumer as of right now. Oh, yeah. Correct. Right. I correct. can sit here and I can name five, six, seven other companies who have, in, you know, followed that Kuyu train that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find their niche in this market and who have come out with a different camo pattern. You know, they all say, you know, hey, we're different. Hey, we're better. Hey, we're, you know, whether it's for the working man or, or if it's for, you know, high quality, you know, we're, we'll put our stuff up against mm-hmm. Kuyu, but the price point is lower, whatever. What what specifically are you trying to accomplish with Element? Um, We're trying to get the following. So let me back up. First, we we got the good a great garment that we feel like is great for the right. price we want you know it's not just selling clothes we we want we, we're a clothing company not just a camo company we're a clothing manufacturer but we want you know the lifestyle side of it too you you have to kind of you know real tree is a perfect example in Masio. they have a following for life because the lifestyle and people get it. It's not just the camo. It's, it's the following they have and how they can relate to those people. I mean, we have to ourselves do things or preach what we, you know, whatever we say we're going to do, we need to do it. And people, you know, attach to that. And we try to be the company that, you know, the lifestyle we try to lead is the one that our consumers, the people we're going after, they already lead that lifestyle, but we just want to blend in with them rather than them blend in with us. We, right. we want to be that company that people automatically think of and go to. Okay. Now you mentioned, you know, trying to get these colors right for your specific camo pattern, you know, mm-hmm. and what, what else went into the design and the creation of the patterns that you guys offer? Gotcha. Well, I mean, first you, you figure out where, you know, we're not, our patterns are pretty universal. They'll work well in a lot of places, but um, there's a layering system to the patterns. I mean, you know, each, before you even get to the print, um, you know, fabric print or anything, you have a layering system. So, you know, you want to show definition or we want to show definition. And we try to, you know, as a digital pattern we're not trying to mimic um elements you know that are out there we're trying to mimic the colors of the elements and just be real disruptive with the pattern um we tend we we went a lot larger scale than most of the digital companies out there because when you back off from the pattern you can see um that our patterns have they're broken up more they don't turn into a blob as easy as some patterns when you back off of them. Um, and, and that's one of the things that we feel like is a big deal because, you know, most of your elements, you know, in the outdoors are larger elements. So we right. try to make the pattern scale for those larger elements and the layering of those elements and not putting similar colors next to each other to really disrupt it. Okay. 
So how many times did you go to the drawing board with what you thought was a good pattern, then really critique it, and then go back and forth until you ended up with what the you have two patterns, right? We have two patterns available right now, but we have about 13 patterns that are out. We just only offer apparel in two of those patterns. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So in the in the camo game or in the the clothing apparel game, you have you have two. Um, Correct. So first, how many how many back and forths did you have to go through to get to the, those camo uh, patterns? And then second, why did you decide those two specific camo patterns were the best for clothing to make the element gotcha. gear? Well, um, I would imagine if, if I had to really be honest about it, I, it took well over a year to get the first camo pattern right. I mean, we were back and forth we would think we had something great and go to film with it. And when you really get down to it, it just looks terrible. So, I mean, it, uh, it took well over a year for the first pattern. I think after we got the first one though, it it started going a little faster because, um, it became known to us. I mean, you have to tile the patterns too. So, um, everything on your left side has to match everything on your right side and then top and bottom has to be the same way. So you can have a repetitive pattern. So, that's one of the, once you get it great, you have to make it repeat after that. So that was a big challenge. Um, especially, you know, we were, like I said, a fabrication company. We had, we did all this in house without hiring any outside sources. So it took well over a year to get it right. And then once we got the pattern, right, we weren't really worried about the colors to begin with. It was more of getting a pattern, something that would work. And then we dealt with the colors. And Mm -hmm. after about a year, we got the first one, right. And we really liked it. And we chose covert as one of our first patterns because it has the green elements. I mean, that would work most anywhere like your traditional camo patterns. Um, and then we wanted something more for the Western hunter. So that's where we, where stalker came in. It doesn't have any greens in it or anything. And that one, just being honest, that one's actually done so well that we, we, it's hard to keep it in stock. Um, the covert's done great too, but the stalker, um, if I had to, you know, if I had to guess, I would have thought that one would have really done much better than the other one. But they just blend so well in so many environments that people just love them. Okay. So you got you you got the camo. Uh, was that what happened first? Was to get the p- patterns right, or were you working side? Uh, were you trying to find garments at the same time you were uh, perfecting the camo pattern? Well, I mean, when we designed the camo patterns, we designed them for water transfer. The last thing in our mind was clothing. We were just trying to sell film to accommodate um, our buyers that would buy our equipment. And the clothing came second. But, you know, when people saw it on hard goods, they they really loved it. So, like I said, it it took some phone calls. But when they finally started coming in, it it ended up being a, you know, it, it was a blessing in disguise because it ended up, you know, we, we ended up getting out of the water transfer business. We sold that business, and, you know, fortunately, we, we made enough that we could take a stab at the clothing market, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, it really done well for us. Okay. All right, so you got the camel. Now it's time to put, you know, a, uh, the clothing out there, right? So mm-hmm. you're sitting around. You're having a discussion with your business partners saying, okay, what do we put out first? How are these going to be designed? What what was that process like? 
Um, man, we bought, you know, we already had, of course we're hunters, so we already had camo, but we kind of looked at, we bought some of the high end stuff. We bought some of the low end stuff and we kind of just looked at everything and said, you know, what can we put in our garments, um, that are, that's in the high end stuff and still sell it for that low end price. So there was a lot of back and forth between all of us making samples and a lot of money spent on samples and changing and revisions and finding those factories that would that would do the things and do them right. I mean, it's really hard to find a factory that sourcing is a very in, in the clothing industry is it's a tight knit you know it it's hard to find somebody because they're already working with somebody else or do you take a chance on a new company that's never done hunting clothing? So we we were able to go over there and find the factories we needed, um, but it took forever to get you know our style I guess you want to call it um, down and say this is what we're going to try to start off with our gen one stuff okay so was there anything you know how did the gen one do i mean are are you selling gen two stuff now no we've got gen one stuff um right now so we didn't start selling um clothing apparel is usually around a four-month turnaround so after you've got your colors and everything right it's about four months to five months before you actually see your first stuff after you place the order. So well into, you know, we started the end of 14. So well, you know, halfway through 15 is right, right at the 15 seasons when we started getting our stuff. Um, and, you know, we ordered twice the, you know, we put in two orders, two years worth for the um, gen one stuff and it sold well enough. And we, we want feedback and, it's great to get, you know, good feedback, but if you don't get bad feedback, you don't know that something's broken if people don't talk. So we really communicated with our pro staff and, you know, our marketing company, you know, what, what do you not like? We want to know what people don't like because we want to fix it and we want it to be right. So if there's stuff that, you know, sizing changes stuff that, you know, you would like added, if we can afford to do it and keep the margins great for the end consumer, because at the end of the day, that's what it is, is, getting the end consumer, you know, something that we, we've already established ourselves as a, you know, I guess you call it a bargain brand. We want to make sure we stay that and don't just cause we add stuff to it. We don't want the price going, you know, through the roof and, and get up there competing with the companies that we don't want to be anything like. Right. Okay. So then, you know, specifically, I mean, did you, pick out specific brands that you wanted to mimic as far as where pockets should go, where zippers should go, um, what the, you know, what the fabric was, was made of what, or I guess what the composition of the material and the garment was, was made of. How did you go about the, the specific design of the, of the products? Well, we actually took non camouflage apparel, um, from, you know, we didn't, we didn't copy anybody per se. Um, we took non-camouflage clothes and looked at it because the one thing you don't want to do, we just don't want to copy people. We want to be original. So we, we didn't really take anybody's uh, advice for camo or, or copy any pockets from people or anything. We basically took non-camouflage sports apparel and altered it all to, you know, be what we wanted. We, we changed pockets. You know, I don't, I don't like... I understand camo is, um, you know, disruptive, but I don't like it when pockets are sewn on the outside of the jacket. I mean, it's just the same price to take that pocket and put it on the inside. So you get a nice smooth outside finish and you just have a, po- a zipper there, you know, instead of a pocket sewn on there with a bunch of 
thread and stuff. So little yeah. things like that and um, what insulations you're going to use, your waterproofing. Um, it, you know, pocket placement and stuff was real important to us. It's just we kind of – we're a little weird because we started just from scratch and designed most of our stuff, you know, sample after sample of, you know, is this going to work, is this going to work, instead of just taking something that – we knew, you know, we didn't go grab a bunch of Under Armour and say, hey, let's make this and change the colors because that stuff we know sells, but we, we want to be original and we're trying to find little things to do to our stuff to make it original. Right. So what what were those what were those things that you decided to do to make it original, uh, you know, aside from the, the pocket sure. type of deal? Well, most of your companies that say they use um, – you know, technical cloth and stuff. Most of that stuff is polyester. Um, polyester is a good, you know, nice dry fit type fabric. Um, it's, it can be woven in several ways, um, to accommodate, you know, inner wear or outer wear, you know, the Murano wools and stuff. I mean, they do, they, they have the same, at least the same wicking properties. Um, but you know, your synthetics, when people say synthetics are most of the time they're talking about polyesters because polyesters are most of the time quiet. Um, they're cheap alternatives. They're very durable. Um, they're cost effective. Um, so one thing we done was we, we stuck with a polyester line because we knew that we could have a performance fabric and still keep the cost down for the consumer. And then we, you know, we designed our own hoods for our, you know, jackets because we wanted hoods that fit and they're contoured kind of to your head instead of this, you know, big thing sitting up there on top of your head we went with ykk zippers you know um silicone logos because we don't want the rubber logos or embroidered logos on the outer gear we wanted something quiet and durable that wouldn't fall off you know later um so a lot of things like that went into it the way we cut our underarms um you know so it doesn't ride up on you we put dovetails on our jackets um so it's not just flush across the back it's got to dip down in the middle um we our insulations you know we use really nice insulations we line our jackets because some of the higher you know dollar jackets if you look at a midweight jacket and most of the markets um if you open that jacket up it doesn't have a liner to hide all those pockets and stuff that were sewn in it just it's just there and it's floppy on the inside so we we added a liner to it we added a brush liner to that and then if you're going to add a brush liner when you put a you know put your arm in a quarter if you're wearing a quarter zip or something and you put your arm in the jacket it the brush tries to you know hold your shirt and ride up your arm so we put a nylon liner in that so it was slick so it wouldn't pull your arm up or pull your shirt up on your arm just things like that um we kind of just put everything we could in we, we put a lot more than we needed to and then we took off what people could live without is, is the way we done it gotcha so did you guys do any type of testing like uh put together the garment and say, all right, let's get this out to 20 people. Let's have them hunt a year with it, or let's have them play around with it, uh, all different shapes and sizes of individuals uh, to test it out. Or did you guys go, you know what, we made a garment and we're just going to start selling it. Was there any testing involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we tested. So our sample garments went out um, for six months during the hunting season to our, you know, pro staff and they tested out gave us the feedback um we made a lot of changes based on that too because we were new at the game and and we wanted you know feedback from real hunters so when we sent it to those guys we gave them six months to try it out we you know took the collective and you know 
everybody's going to have some little niche that they want, but the majority of the, the problems that we had um, are changes that need to be made, you know, that had more than two or three people saying, hey, this, you know, let's change this. We, we addressed all that stuff. Um, it's too expensive of a game to go into it and just wing it. Um, it, it garment manufacturing is very, very expensive. Okay. So to to do a whole bunch of, I guess, tweaks and going back and forth on design just wouldn't have been uh, feasible uh, from a financial side is what you're saying. No, not not from us because you know we're we're still considered a smaller company, so our you know our runs from our fabrics are going to be smaller um, as far as like our piece counts, um, which in in the end the piece counts drive up. You know the the smaller quantities you have, the more you're paying for the garment from the factory. Um, we just got lucky enough that we we were able to work with our factories and and we just beat them up on the price until we you know got something that we could sell and make enough money for us to survive and give dealers really good margins. Um, we, we weren't really worried about the dealers, but we knew that, you know, some people have the philosophy that I guess when, as you grow and take on more employees, you know, eventually you're going to have to raise your prices or something. We don't look at it like that because if we're at a point where we're growing, we're, we're taking on more people, we're selling more garments. If we're selling more garments, we can beat the, you know, factory up a little bit on price again and, mm-hmm. and get the cost for, for us down. So it's our intention never really, you know, we, we, I don't think we've ever even thought of selling a $250 jacket. Um, yeah. Now quality wise, we would love to sell. And I think, I think we're up there around a $150 jacket right now. Um, quality wise, we're not charging that, but quality wise, um, we're fixing to come out with gen two that will have, um, three separate, I guess, series, you know, a lightweight, midweight, heavyweight series. And even our heavyweight insulated stuff that's waterproof from there is not, we're not even nowhere near the $200 range for that jacket. Right. Now, in between, like when a, when a, a company, let's say Camo, a Camo company or mm-hmm. a, a clothing company like what you guys are, this says – all right, well, now it's time for the second generation. It's the new product line. You know, after those first couple of years, you've uh, mm-hmm. you've done the groundwork, you've established a brand, um, you've made some sales, and now it's time to, you know, give more offerings to the end user. Mm-hmm. I've seen in the past some of these companies, uh, and, and not necessarily clothing companies or apparel companies, but certain companies just basically throw another marketing push out indicating there's new stuff and it may be new it may be not but it just seems like it's more marketing the the between the gen one and the gen two was there another sit down session between you and the rest of the crew to say okay here's what we need to improve on here was the negative feedback and uh you know and, and here's what we need to do to move forward uh basically what i'm looking for is what was the feedback you got from the end user and how did you use that to create the gen 2 gotcha well i mean i and just being honest um we're we try to we want 100 percent customer satisfaction where whether they just flat out don't want it don't like it or they love it um we'll give them you know 100 percent of their money back their shipping and everything but we at the prices we sell our products at, we don't get any 
you know, no one, no one calls and wants to send anything back. Um, we do ask and we reach out to customers, you know, um, not every single customer, but not just pro staff. We reach out to regular customers, you know, and say, Hey, you know, what, how do you like it? Cause they'll share pictures with us and, and stuff. And we want to know the bad. We, we love the good and we're, we're grateful for the good. We just, we want to know the bad. And a lot of them don't have anything. And like I said, a few of them will have, you know, just like you and I, you know, this one little thing that they niche that they want or thing that they want. But when it's collectively, you know, not necessarily a problem, but collectively, you know, people want a change in something or want something that's not out there. We, we take a hard look at it and, and we, we really try to always evolve and always come out. We, we never go backwards. You know, we, we're always trying to go forward with everything we're doing. And in the Gen 2 stuff, we actually, I mean, we made samples and we went through three or four revisions. Even now, we we're going through revisions and changing because, you know, something on paper, when you finally get it in your hand, maybe it just doesn't work out. So yeah. we try to get it and send it back out to our pro staff and get them to test it. But changes between Gen 1 and Gen 2 are just so drastic as far as not the fit and the cut and the price, but just the features we're able to add because now we've established our stuff and not necessarily to the customer, but we've established ourselves to the factories and they know that we're, we're not a one-time hit. So they're willing to work with us and add these things that normally you wouldn't get on a first or second run. I feel like one thing that we have, and I don't know how, just, you know, boots on the ground and going over there and you talking to these factories and, and meeting with them, sourcing, like I said, is so hard and we just kind of have an advantage over some of the newer companies because we've been lucky in finding just outstanding sourcing and being able to get a good good end product okay so what were these specific things that you uh bumped up for this gen 2 what are the improvements what are the new garments um i can't tell all of it but uh because we'll probably release the stuff at ata but um we put some thought into you know what people on our outer gear, you know, what people are doing, you know, with our gear and, you know, what can we do to, you know, if somebody's wearing a backpack, we, you know, add some silicone to the shoulders to, you know, so your back, backpack won't slip off your shoulders anymore. Stuff like that. Um, made the dovetail a little longer. We changed an inner fabric on one of our bonded jackets. Um, we came out with a midway jacket that um, it's got a, I guess you want to call it a waffle tech fabric on the inside so it's really breathable um we added a new waterproofing to our stuff that's um it's a hydrophobic um you know waterproofing a super dwr if you will that um not only is breathable it's waterproof and it you know it doesn't just repel water i mean blood and mud and i mean anything you can get on it you can rinse it right off um it's great um i've never seen anything like it and we're really excited about that. It just, it's such a good product that um, I don't know why it's not in the industry yet. And it, it, it is in with one company, but not the same exact product we're using. Uh, gotcha. That was a big, big step for us to get something like that. And I can't really, some of the other things, I mean, I can't really talk about, but there, there's a lot of changes as far as adding, not just changes, but we added a lot of products to the line. Right. And you kind of mentioned it earlier. Are you going to go for like an early, mid, uh, late season type offering where you're going to, you know, variety of temperatures, variety of yeah. options? Yeah. Okay. We're trying you... to do the, the dry fit stuff. Yeah. For, for early season. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, that's fine. 
So the dry and, fit uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. For the for the early season, we're trying to do. Uh, we probably won't do a short sleeve dry fit, just a long sleeve. But um, the thin, real thin dry fit, and then we got a really nice pair of pants that are um, they're they're thin for the summer months. We've got a midweight pair of pants to match the jacket, um, and then our heavyweight waterproof stuff instead of a pair of pants with that we'll offer a set of bibs with that one um, um a full zip down bib that way they're really easy to slide over whatever else you're going to wear they're they actually pack down really well with the insulation they have um, our insulation is hydrophobic too so it's the insulation won't absorb water either so if, if it gets wet from the inside you know if you leave it in a pack or something not leaking through because it's waterproof but if it gets wet on the inside like you you know do a river crossing or something that that insulation is not going to weigh that jacket down gotcha so then you know are you guys is, is your goal then to have you know when it's all said and done whether it's gen 3 gen 4 or so forth and so on are you guys thinking of having a complete line uh, of from base layers to insulation layers to mid layers to uh, shells and, and heavy duty layers yeah we are um, I think that um, and I'm just partial to this but the base layers um, you know we may step out of the polyester and get into some more even higher end fabrics for the base layers um, it's one of those things that it, it, it's, it's on the table it's just not as um, it's not as much a priority to us because when you look at it, I mean, the polyesters do just as well as some of the higher end stuff. I mean, there is some higher end stuff that's just really good. You're not going to compete with unless you use those fabrics, but you know, the average guy, the people that we're after really, you know, they don't want to spend $200 on a, on a base layer set. So they can go to Walmart or something and get a non camo because you don't see it anyway, a non camo set for, you know, 30 bucks. Um, it's, it's one of those things that we just need to price it out and see if there's a demand for it. Just like vests, we get, you know, a hundred calls a month for a vest, but you know, when you have to order 10,000 of them, you know, it's kind of hard to justify, you know, a hundred people wanting a vest. Okay. Now I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. And I've never asked this uh, question to someone who, you know, is partial owner of a uh, camo company. But how important do you think actual camouflage is when you are hunting? And you can take it from a Western point of view. You can take it from a tree stand point of view. You can take it wherever you want to take it. I think that every, you know, my grandfather, your grandfather probably went out there in a plaid shirt and did just as well as a guy, you know, fully dressed in the most expensive camo. I think the way the camo, I mean, it does work. Um, you know, most camos work. Um, I've, being partial to our company, I've only seen a few camos that to me, I just have to step back and scratch my head and say, what were they thinking? But if you feel more confident wearing anyone's camo, um, I feel like it's going to increase your success rate. And, and I would love to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, man, <laughs> I am, <laughs> I've killed deer in, right out of work, you know, uh, wearing right. solid Browns. Uh, I'm right. not, right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I don't think it's important because like you, I'm sure it plays its role in certain, uh, arenas, but from a tree stand hunter, 
uh, where I do a mm-hmm. majority of my hunting, uh, I'm under the impression that sitting still is more important than what your camouflage looks like. Oh, absolutely. 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 So, so that's, uh, that's, you know, and, and I would rather feel comfortable. I'll tell you what, if it came down to feeling comfortable in a tree stand or having the most kick-ass camel pattern, uh, and I had to choose between one of them, I would feel comfortable all day. I'd want to feel comfortable all day long. Oh, sure. Sure. So, so, okay. You guys said you, you, you have several other patterns that are already out there, right? You got the stalker and what was the other one you said? Covert. Covert. Yep. Covert and stalker. Those are your two patterns that you have available. Are you going mm-hmm. to be releasing any of the other patterns uh, to garments here pretty soon? Um, well, we we like that's that's one that I don't know if I can say much about. We like to uh, we like to consider ourselves not a camouflage company. We're a an apparel company that happens to have uh, camouflage. Okay. Um, our main goal is to have you know great products um whether it's camo black white it doesn't matter we we want to have a really high-end garment at a very affordable price and the reason i brought that up is it's not um it's not out of the question to work with some other company um in the camo industry in the traditional side gotcha um that's about all I can say about it. <laughs> um, well, I, we're, we're trying to, you know, you've you got to take a rocket stuff, scientist but, to figure out yeah. that you're open for um, some kind of licensing agreement where somebody puts their camo pattern on your apparel. Correct. All right. Correct. So, you know, that opens it up. And I have a feeling that you're also going to agree with this statement where you're still going to offer your, your camo pattern. Uh, as well, but you're also going to offer okay. it uh, in other in other patterns. Yes, yes, we we are looking at one other pattern that's been highly requested from us um, for our stuff, and we haven't done enough, in my opinion, and we haven't done enough field testing to nail down the colors yet to yeah. feel comfortable letting it letting it out because we, you know. Once it's out, it's out. You know, we can't, you can't go back on it. If it sucks, it sucks. So if it's great, it's great, but you really have to make sure you're putting out a good product and, and that it works. I mean, whether, you know, there's always somebody taking a picture of some camo pattern that they don't like and they show it sticking out like sore thumb somewhere. Yeah. You try to avoid that um, no matter what pattern it is. So, you know, whether it works and keeps you hidden, you know, that that's, that's most of it. Um, now right. for animals, that's, that's different, but as far as, you know, to the human eye, if it keeps you hidden, you really have to do a good job and, and take your time releasing that stuff. Right. Right. For sure. Um, now let's see here. I'm on the concealment page of your website. Are, are those just a couple of the other patterns, you know, that, what what is that concealment page all about? That's just a couple of your other the, patterns that you have those available. Are, yeah, those are mainly the the hunting um, driven patterns that we've created. Um, okay, the concealment patterns really. Um, the lifestyle patterns are more um, stuff that eventually we intend to do some with for you know lifestyle wear. Um, you know when you're not hunting. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. 
all right, I'm just flipping through these, some on some swimsuits and some on some just like hoodies and stuff like that. Okay, I see. Um, now, tell me, you, you kind of mentioned it, but didn't get into too much detail about it. Who is your customer? Who are you trying to attract? Well, we want to get customers from, you know, all walks of life, but our main goal is, you know, the, the average blue collar working guy. But, you know, when you, you know, that's what we are. Um, we, you know, none of us, you know, started off (laughs) by any means rich and we try to, you know, we, we built clothes that we would wear, that we would like, that we know we could afford. And the normal nine to five guy that doesn't get to go, that's kind of why you don't see, you know, we didn't drive any of our marketing toward, you know, going anywhere exotic and hunting um, because, you know, the normal guy can't really relate to that. Everybody wishes they could do it, but, you know, we want stuff that that guy can afford the normal guy, Um, you know, women too, women too. Um, We, we hopefully intend this gen two stuff to have some women fit stuff, but um, you know, it, it's that person that we're trying to go after. Um, And we try to go after hard enough that we're launching a new program that, you know, we don't, we're not in dealers. The, a big deal for any, you know, direct, consu- direct to consumer company is, um, you know, how, especially with clothing, how's it going to fit? Right. Yeah. So we, we just, we're, by the time this airs, it'll be launched. We've, uh, we're launching a program where, you know, every package we send out already has a pre, you know, prepaid for label to come back to us. If you don't like it for any reason, you know, it's a, it's a win-win for you. I mean, you're going to get your money back plus your shipping. So right. you literally just put the, the label back on it. I mean, stuff like that, we have to, you know, the smaller companies like us have to kind of, like I said, think out of the box because if you can't go try it on somewhere, we get a hundred of those emails a week. Where can we go try on your stuff? Well, we're working on dealers. We just, we're selling so much to consumers. We don't have enough to give to the dealers. So, right. excuse me, but, but that, that's one of the things we're trying to, trying to work toward is getting it where people can go try it on. Right. Okay. So then do you, are you guys going to open yourself up in the future to become like sold in stores or are you going to stick with this uh, direct to consumer model? Um, we've got a lot of meetings set up at ATA or for ATA this year um, and some other shows to talk to those dealers. Um, we're working with, with, you know, on price list with dealers now, we're trying to do map pricing where, you know, we want it to be fair, shake across, you know, the smaller guys and the big guys. Um, we want to make them adhere to map. Um, you lose some dealers because of that, um, but we still feel like the smaller guy like us in, the, in a bow shop, you know, he can't afford, you know, 50 sets. You know, if he's going to get 10 sets and put in there and try them out or five sets or whatever, um, we want him to not look on the Internet and see somebody selling it for $30 less than they do. So. Right. We try to make them, you know, be fair to those smaller guys. Um, and, and we're working with them, and we have excellent margins. We probably have some of the best margins for dealers out there um, when it comes to clothing. Um, just because we're such a small company and we, we work so hard to get that, that, you know, our price down, the dealer's price down, and the consumer's price down. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, For for like the tree stand hunter, or, or, I mean, is this is this pattern for? Are these patterns for? And you're you're you mentioned kind of uh, for the the average Joe, the working man. Um, 
are, are the prices then going to go up if you do decide to go to, you know, to a, a dealer type system and away from the, uh, away from the direct to consumer, or are you going to, uh, eat that on your end? Is that your goal? No, absolutely. We'll, the prices are not going up. Matter of fact, we've just secured another factory that I think our prices are going to go even further down. Um, but our margins are really well, um, for us, we're, we're willing to eat it. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we want that customer to, you know, come back. I mean, you buy a set of clothes, camouflage clothes. I mean, you keep them for seven, eight years, unless you just gain or lose a bunch of weight or, or they're, you know, not durable enough to last that long. It's kind of like a, you know, big deal. So when, when we get a, you know, a sale, we, we want them to come back later. I, I can't guarantee in 10 years, but you know, next year and the following year, we want them to come back and expect to pay the same amount, even for the gen two, you know, the, the next best thing, it's still driven for the working man. We don't, we don't intend to bring any prices up, even if we get a ton of dealers. Okay. All right. So now a message to those people. Um, it's, you know, the, the buying season, for hunting gear is upon us and you know it starts mm-hmm. right now all the way until august and september before a lot of these seasons start to open up what do you want to tell anyone who is listening that is looking for uh some camo that is looking for some um some gear some apparel for this upcoming hunting season i, I think that if you know, with this new program we've got coming out where they can, you know, they can buy it. And if they don't like it, it's real easy. Just sit it on your front porch and, you know, FedEx is going to pick it up. It's kind of a win-win. Yeah, I feel like if, if you buy our stuff, um, our gear, and uh, you get it, it, in our mind, it's a very slim chance you're going to be sending it back. Because we feel like for the price, you can't find the quality that we have in our gear. And, and the you know, we put, a like I said, a lot of features in it that you won't find normally in, in that low of a cost, uh, item. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, give us a shot and, you know, try it out. If you like it, great. If you don't, it's, you, you're not out anything. You can right. get your money back and go get, go get somebody else's gear that you might like. I don't, I don't think it's going to be, uh, as good as what we, what we're offering for the price for sure. Um, we want, we're looking for not a, you know, we're looking for lifetime customers. Um, right. we're, we're going to make you happy no matter what we do. Even if we end up getting it back, we're going to make sure that you're happy. Gotcha. And then, to, uh, two questions, uh, you can answer them just yes or no, whatever. Uh, number one, is this, uh, apparel made in the USA or is it offshore? And then the, the second is, do you have a warranty and what is that warranty? Gotcha. Most of your camo is unfortunately made offshore. Um, we can certainly have it made in the U.S., but we we just won't have <laughs> it. That's when the price does go up. Uh, unfortunately, um, we would love for uh, and not get into the politics, for, but Trump to be able to bring it back where we can say it's made in the U.S.A. Many people would buy something just because it's got a tag that says made in the U.S.A. Even if they're paying a few bucks more for it, it's just you have those people that you know want to support the U.S.A. Um, Unfortunately, it's just the prices are nowhere near the same. Yeah. Um, so for now, we're our stuff is made offshore. Um, but as far as warranty, um, we have a two-year warranty, unlimited warranty on our garments. No matter what, you know, if you rip it, you know, it needs to come back. We'll either replace it or we'll we'll fix it. And and uh, we try to stand by that. We don't we don't 
we don't have any returns, but if it does come back, we're going to stand behind it and make sure that you get another garment. Nice. Nice. So it sounds like you got your hands full, man. It looks like you got, you're on a path and <laughs> it looks like you got a lot of work to do. Yeah. 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 We're trying. We're well, trying. We're that small fish, but we're getting right. there. We're getting there. Right. But you got a dream and that's uh, the best thing. I mean, anything, anything like this, you know, this is what I, I had a conversation with a guy uh, at the ATA show this past year. And I mentioned something about, Hey man, there's, there is, uh, you know, there's like four or five different camel patterns that are coming out that are, you know, direct to consumer, how many there are. And then there's some other companies that are coming out and, and doing the same thing that somebody else, you know, in a way it's, it's the same, but different in a way. But at the end of the day, it's all good for the industry and it's all good for hunters. And that, that money translates, you know, in a way back to the animal. And I think that's all something that we can benefit from. Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, competition, it, it makes everybody strive to be better. So, um, you know, we welcome it. Perfect. Well, I tell you what, uh, I really appreciate you taking time to come on this podcast and, uh, share the story of element with us. Hey, I appreciate you having me. And there you have it. Huge shout out to Chris for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate your time, man. And a huge shout out to each and every one of you for downloading this podcast. Now, Here's the deal. Element. I'm going to do a giveaway and here's how you win. Uh, Same as all the other giveaways. First, you got to go to Element Outdoors and uh, like their Facebook page and then comment Nine Fingers Sent Me. Then you have to go to the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page, share the post that mentions this podcast, and that is how you are entered to win. I verify those three things, and uh, then I will pick one winner next week. The Let's see here. I'm looking at uh, what the winner is going to get. Um, yep, you're going to get your choice of one top and one bottom out of their line. And uh, yeah, go check it out. I think it's, uh, let me verify. I'm going to pull up the website real quick. Elementoutdoors.com is their, is their uh, website. So you can go there, check out what they have to offer. Please sign up for that. Then you can uh, win. Other than that, huge shout out to the partners of this podcast. We got Wasp Archery and their broadheads, Gearhead Archery and their bows, Exodus Outdoor. Really looking for, uh, looking forward to uh, getting my hands on the Gen 2 cameras. Ozonics, uh, if you don't know who they are, uh, you got to do some research. Lone Wolf, well, Lone Wolf, I mean, what do you say? You got you to gotta buy one of their tree stands. Uh Deer Lab, we already talked about that. Ripcord Arrow Rests, and I think that's it. So uh, be sure to uh, support the sponsors or the partners that uh, support this podcast. Uh, other than that, guys, thank you very much. Check me out on Twitter. Check me out on Instagram. Check me out on Facebook. Please go leave a review um, on iTunes if you like the podcast. Or if you don't like it, I don't, really don't care uh, <laughs> because some of the uh, one-star reviews are, are fair, fairly funny and entertaining, but uh, I would love a five-star. I mean, that's just me. But uh, what else? National Deer Alliance. Check those guys out. Please register there. Sign up. Get their info. Become educated. And guys, it's like beating a dead horse, but it's okay. 
you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good week. Thank you.